Would you like a little more foreplay in your life? I mean, specifically brain foreplay. Well then, tune in to the most dynamic host, Dr. Rick Perea, performance psychologist to professional athletes and the stars. No failure is final and no topic is off limits. It's time to get real and get your checkup from the neck up here at Brain Foreplay on Mental Monday. Welcome, everyone, to Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays. I'm Dr. Rick Perea, PhD in psychology, and I come at you once a week talking to you about how to provide foreplay for your brain. And the different things I postulate and put out there in the world will hopefully give you a nugget to help you live a little bit richer and deeper life with more information about how to get your brain in the right spot for success. One of the things that happened in the past week that really got my attention because it has to do with what I do in my everyday work. Again, I am a PhD in psychology. Uh, my PhD is in industrial organizational psychology. So what that means is we're trained to help organizations perform at peak levels. So that being said, um, there was a, a team in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts, who hired a head coach interim because they fired their head coach halfway into the season. And they hired an interim head coach that has no coaching experience at the college level or the pro level. And for me, it was, it was sure enough, it really didn't make headlines for me until the backlash within the NFL community, specifically coaching community, really raised their ire. And what they said was, it was a disgrace to all the coaches out there in the world that have been working their butt off for years and years and years to work up the ladder from being a, an assistant, maybe a quality control guy, to all the way to a position coach, a coordinator, and then eventually a head coach. And there was one particular uh, former coach, Bill Cower, who used to coach the Pittsburgh Steelers, who literally, you know, went off on a TV show and really said it was a disgrace to the NFL. It was a slap in the face for all these coaches that have been working. And as I listened to this rendition from him, I said to myself, you know, his position really lacks perspective because it does. He brings a position that is very specific and homogeneic to coaches. And of course, coaches think, you know, in a positive way for other coaches. And they think the way to escalate up the ladder is to coach, get promoted, go, you know, find another job, be able to put themselves in a great position for success. And in general, I agree. But, you know, I'll tell you something. One of the things that's happening in organizational performance in 2022 and going forward, and I'm so happy about it because it's progressive. 
It's that we're finding talent. Now, let's think about this. Talent is basically human capital. Human capital are people. And generally within an industry, people hire within an industry. But that is beginning to change. And I'm going to give you a few examples of that. So I would say this. If you look at higher education, in the past, I would say pre-2000, higher ed, most of the presidents of all the university colleges were academics. They were people that have moved up through the system. They became a chair of a department, a provost, and then all the way to the president of the university. And 95% of them had PhDs, okay? And that was the model, that was the paradigm. But in a, right around the year 2000, a couple private universities, one here in Denver, Colorado, where Think One is, my business, the University of Denver decided to hire a president that had a fundraising slash financial background because the university wanted to increase their opportunities to raise funds in a private university. Very understandable. Again, there was a backlash. How could this school hire someone that doesn't have an academic background? So they hired this person and the outcome was successful. The person raised a lot of money. They brought uh, fundraising into the university as a norm. And they allowed the provosts, the chairs of the departments, to run the university because they do know the academic side. Let's pop back over to the NFL. I have long postulated that perhaps we don't have enough non-football people in the NFL. And this is what I mean. And just to give you a quick background, for those of you that know, I've worked in the NFL for a multitude of years. I was a player. Um, never coached in the NFL, but I've been a psychologist in the NFL for five different teams. So having that background, I've been able to see up front in meetings, pre-draft meetings, meetings between EVPs, general managers, head coaches, and I understand what goes on in these meetings. And I can tell you there's a lot of homogeneity, a lot of inbreeding, a lot of football perspective. So when the Indianapolis Colts hired Jeff Saturday, this person that didn't have experience, it raised the ire, like I said, of many people, and specifically Bill Cowher. And he's not the only one, so I'm not picking on him. But his viewpoint is very limited because he sees it from a football perspective. My, here's my postulation. So let's say an NFL team, let's just take the Colts, for example. Their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator, they're the ones that game plan throughout the week. They're the ones that put it together, they strategize, they put up their scheme, they watch tape, they understand how they're going to attack the opposing defense, the opposing offense. It's really their call on 99% of the teams. I'd say 100%, but I'll never go that far, but it's 99% of the teams the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator put together the game plans. The head coach is basically a CEO. He oversees that. Can he intervene? Absolutely. Can he overrule? Absolutely. But it's in a limited role. 
Now, there are some head coaches. I've been around them. I know many head coaches, former head coaches in the league. And I can tell you this. Some head coaches take over play calling for the offense, for the defense, depending on what their orientation is. But I would postulate that, that the NFL can stand to grow from this move from, from Ursay, the owner of the Colts, because it's progressive, okay? If we only have football people in football, if we only have academic people in academia, we don't have competing thoughts and alternative explanations. Competing thoughts and alternative explanations are what make us grow in life and in organizations. We need people to say, you know, I agree with you, but let me, let me give you a competing thought. Let me give you an alternative way to look at that because it can make us grow. I know the San Francisco 49ers have done a great job at bringing in a few people in their front office that quote unquote don't have a football background and they're progressive in organizational performance. So I think what we really want to realize, what I want to get the message through to you today, is organizations really thrive from different viewpoints. We call it divergent thinking. If we have a meeting of, of 10 people in a room and eight of the 10 people agree, we really don't have divergent thinking there. We've gotta have divergent thinking. Let me give you another example in the NFL. I've been in draft rooms, pre-draft, when a coordinator will like a player and he'll give you all the reasons why he likes it. And then they go down through the, let's say they're gonna look at this linebacker. And then the linebacker coach will talk about his speed, agility, you know, his background, to talk to his high school coach, his college coach. But largely you have a bunch of congruence. And you don't have necessarily someone that stands up and says, you know, I disagree guys. We need a linebacker that has, is a run stopper. He's not necessarily a great athlete, plays in space but he can do different things. And it puts a different idea into everyone's head. So then it becomes more eclectic in their approach, more divergent in their approach. And it makes them a stronger organization. So what I'm saying is we've got to get away from this mindset that we've got to hire within. We've got to hire people like us. We need to hire people that are thinkers that are processors, that think outside the box. Whoever created this flipping box anyway? There's no box, okay? Box, circles, triangle. We need people who think creatively that can come into meetings and say, I get what you're saying, but I got another idea. Think about this. And it gets us to, to percolate and really begin to process new information, new ideas, new thought processes within organizations, and that's the way it grows. You know, let's go back to the NFL pre-1970. I'm gonna give you another example of how a paradigm completely shifted, and it affects the NFL to this day. Pre-1970, the NFL was a grunt league, meaning it was big guys pushing each other around, three yards in a cloud of dust. It was grunt, big, strong guys. That's what the NFL was, okay? Tom Landry, Tex Schramm for the Dallas Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys, right around 1970. I was only about half a minute old at that point. So, but it, pre, right around 1970, they had a thought. You know, if I take the fastest human being in the world and I put him out at receiver 
and I run him on a fly pattern, and I throw the ball up, and he's faster than anybody else. He runs and catches the ball, scores a touchdown. What if? But see, it took Tex Schramm, it took Tom Landry to go. What if? It took Jim Ursay of the Colts to say, what if I hire Jeff Saturday with no coaching experience? You know, Ursay said something that was really powerful. He says, I'm tired of hiring coaches that are scared. Scared. Pow. On the money. I've seen it, people. I've been in those rooms. Coaches will lean on analytics. They'll lean on any kind of idea because they don't have the answers because they don't have an organizational background. They have a football background, and that's limiting when you understand the overall organizational performance. We don't want scared people running businesses, running organizations, running teams. So back to the NFL and, and they, they, uh, the fastest man in the world. So the Dallas Cowboys sign a player named Bullet Bob Hayes. Okay, Bob Hayes was the fastest man in the world at that time. They put him at receiver, said, just run down the field. We're going to throw the ball up. You go get it. Well, it didn't quite work out as successful, but it started to work a few times. Well, here's what happened to shift the whole paradigm. Defensive coaches, defensive coordinators said, well, if you're going to have the fastest guy in the world down there running down, running, beating everybody down the field to catch the ball, I'm going to get the second fastest guy in the world to cover him. Okay? And so that's what happened. They hired a corner, signed a corner. They could, quote, unquote, at least halfway stay with Bob Hayes and his speed. Then that trickled down into the running back position. Coaches started saying, well, if I have speed out there, I want speed carrying the ball. So they started signing fast running backs. Well, guess what the defensive coach said? I'm going to hire, sign, fast linebackers to cover those running backs. So you can begin to see what happened. Speed revolutionized the game, starting with Bob Bullet Hayes. Okay? But it took... Tom Landry and Tex Schramm to say, hmm, what if? What if? And that's what we need in our industries, people. What if? You know, Albert Einstein discovered the law of relativity in a physics class because he sat in a class, went up to his physics professor at the end of class and said, you know, you talked about the speed of light from A to B being X, B to C being Y. What if... And he postulated the beginning of the speed of light, the law of relativity. So people, we have got to nurture our children. We've got to nurture people who hire in organizations. We've got to hire coaches, teachers, preachers, everybody that gets in front of people. What if? What if? And I know we here at Think One, we're always doing that. We're thinking, what can we bring in? We do neurofeedback. We do all kinds of different things for the brain. And we're always thinking about what if, how can we get better? So people, I want you to understand, we've got to shift paradigms. Don't stay stuck in your paradigm. Have the courage to disagree respectfully, but say, I have a competing thought. I have an alternative explanation to help our organization get better. I can tell you this. We have meetings here on a regular basis, and if someone has a better idea than I, hey, I'm all for it. I check my ego at the door. 
I'm not all-knowing. I don't have all the answers. But if somebody does, I want them to come tell us. I want us to say, had you thought about this? So we've really got to understand that. <coughs> so looking forward, think about this. Whether whatever industry you're in, be willing to hire people that think differently than you. Be willing to hire people that offer a competing thought, an alternative explanation. Maybe even who come from a different industry. And I hope, I hope that Jim Ursay's decision to hire Jeff Saturday with no coaching experience at the higher levels is the beginning of a paradigm shift because we need it. I can tell you, the, there's so much money in the NFL, but there's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of people at the higher levels that just don't get it. I'm going to give you one here in Denver with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos' last three coaches, the last they have whiffed, completely whiffed on the last three coaches. Now, I know one of those coaches, and he's dear to me. So I don't think they gave him the tools to be successful. But when you whiff on your last three multi-million dollar hires, by the way, people, I mean, they're spending millions and millions of dollars on these coaches buying out their contracts. When they fire a coach in his second year and he has a five-year contract, guess what? They owe him all five years. A lot of people don't realize that. There are people, many coaches sitting out there watching TV right now, making millions of dollars not even coaching because they got fired. So I want us to understand organizations don't have to whiff on their hires. We see it in college football. We see it in college basketball. We've got to get better. People... Organizational performance is about being innovative, creative, and I'll say it one more time. One more time, Bring on people in your organization that are willing to offer competing thoughts, alternative explanations, and maybe even come from different organizations. Thank you for tuning in, getting your checkup from the neck up, from, from, from Think One and Mental Mondays. I love you, trust you, and believe in you. Don't forget to join us next week, same place, same time, to get your checkup from the NECA, fortified by foreplay. That's brain foreplay. And please remember to subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcasts.